very warm welcome to this Gift India Travel Podcast. Today joining me as my guest here is Nishant Kashikar, the Country Manager for India and Gulf at Tourism Australia. With Nishant today, we'll be discussing the impressive resurgence of Indian tourism to Australia and the strategies behind it. Welcome, Nishant. Hi, Piran. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining in. And um, um, Nishant, to kick things off, uh, you know, India has emerged as the first country to not only recover, but also surpass pre-pandemic levels of travel to Australia. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what contributed to this remarkable rebound? All right. So let me first start with the five key highlights that we've witnessed ever since the borders have reopened. Uh, the first uh, highlight has been the fact that India is today the fastest growing inbound market for Tourism Australia, and our arrivals are at par with those that we've witnessed in 2019. So in 2019, mm-hmm. we had 385,000 visitors. We've achieved that particular number in 2023. Also, d- during this journey, we have improved our ranking from being the seventh largest market for Tourism Australia to become the fifth largest market for Tourism fifth. Australia. Yes. The second achievement has been on the spend front, where Indian tourists have contributed uh, close to $2.2 billion, or if if you were to translate that in Indian rupees, approximately 12,000 crore Indian rupees to the Australian economy. And this is, is that uh, Australian dollars or 2.2, US dollars? $2.2 Australian dollars, okay. which translates into approximately 12,000 crore Indian rupees. And this mm-hmm. amount has increased by almost 20% as compared to pre-pandemic levels. So Indians are not just traveling, but also spending and contributing significantly uh, to the Australian economy. The third achievement has been on the MICE front, where we have seen a significant surge in leads and travel uh, for business events in Australia. So be it Herbalife, be it uh, the Rotary Convention, be it ICICI Prudential, HCFC Bank, various companies from the cement and the paint sector, we have seen almost five times more leads than what we witnessed in 20, in 2019. And the first three achievements has been primarily due to the fourth achievement, uh, and that is around the aviation access into Australia. And I'm mm-hmm. really happy to share that total flight capacity into Australia has more than tripled as compared to pre-COVID levels. So pre-COVID, we had eight direct flights from India to Australia. Today, as we speak, we have almost 28 flights, direct flights from India to Australia. And the success that we've achieved uh, out of the Indian market is primarily because of that. And lastly, the fifth and the most important highlight or our achievement has been on the speed and ease of getting an Australian tourist visa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that uh, you know there are no biometrics required, you do not have to stand in long queues outside the immigration offices or embassies. The entire process is 100% online and digitized and the passport remains in your custody. You do not have to physically submit copies of your passport or your your financial documents to a a travel agent or to an, um, you know, or to the embassy. The entire process is 100% digitized and online. And the faster turnaround time for high quality lodgements is is something that has worked in our favor. So tripling of direct aviation capacity, speed and ease of getting a visa, supported by a buoyant Indian economy, which is which has grown consistently over the past few years and expected to grow at almost between 6 to 8% over the next few years. I guess these factors have contributed to the growth of tourism from India to Australia. 
and and also you know there's a key thing that is that has uh, been an influential factor for this growth has also been the strengthening of the bilateral ties between australia and india and the two countries across trade investment education tourism and the overall geopolitical ties between australia and india are you know are are at an all time high and uh, these factors i mean this has also been one of the key factor for uh, for such outstanding results that we have witnessed from the indian market correct nishant i think i think uh, yeah, of course the recovery has also been uh, you know the result of some really important back end work the two countries has been work, have been working to address right of course you mentioned uh, improved flight flight connections uh, and of course the visa problem uh, the visa ease of visa right now because of course we've been constantly talking about how countries with easier entry rules tend to score well among indian travelers you know there are so many countries that have now made uh, india you know visa free entry for indians australia and, of uh, course uh, offers the 3 year you have the 3 year multiple entry visa to tourists yes i was just right? going to highlight that yeah. that the yeah. Uh, yeah and then you the, don't need a physical visa document product. yes so standard visa product yeah. is uh, for a 3 year multiple entry visa but for business travelers uh, thanks to the signing of the migration and mobility agreement when prime minister modi visited australia uh, business travelers now get up to a 5 year multiple entry visa so that enhances the chances mm-hmm. of them traveling to australia again especially for to attend so that's 3 years for tourists and 5 years for business tourists up to 3 years and up to Sorry, 5 years business yeah. business visa yeah okay that's right and also also uh, the visa processing time has also been streamlined right i mean because uh, sometimes you know i i we know that you know our passports are just languishing in the embassies so uh, there has been you know i remember you once talked about the fact that there are some uh, there have been some cases in which the visa has been processed in uh, within 24 hours as well absolutely so uh, but this is more of an aberration and it depends on the the cases on hand at the australian high commission but mm-hmm. we have witnessed uh, that and and this is something that our travel agency partners have shared with us that high quality lodgements sometimes in rare cases are processed in as low as 24 to 48 hours as well and what is the standard uh, visa processing time so the tr- standard visa processing time timelines are published published on the home affairs website and these vary mm-hmm. based on seasonality as we speak 90% of the applications are processed in less than 2 weeks in less than 2 weeks okay and of course uh, you know the increased connections that we've talked about and we know how important geopolitical uh, you know relationships are between countries uh it's also fascinating to see that not just the numbers but the economic impact as well because you know how has the indian economy's performance influenced this surge uh, you know especially since you mentioned the corporate events segment i guess it has a significant impact on uh, on our performance given the fact that the indian economy has grown at an average of 7 to 8% over the last 3 years we are today the fastest growing large and emerging economy in the world uh, the number of um, middle class uh, or other rich households in india are expected to increase from almost 56 million in 2020 to 169 million by 2030 so we are going to see potentially tripling of the rich households those households who earn more than 30 lakhs um, uh, rupees every year that number is going to triple over the next decade and the fact that uh, we are the world's youngest democracy and uh, have got one of most youngest demography as well with an average age of an indian around 28 years and 
the fact that from being the fifth largest economy in the world, we are poised to become the third largest economy in the world by FY25 to 27 or 28. So all these factors are in favor of India. And I truly believe that there's no other market that offers uh, so much opportunity uh, than India at this point of time. Interesting, Nishant, that you mentioned the middle class. You know, when um, when we launched the Skiff Mega Trends last week, uh, you know, uh, we spoke about it. Uh, you know, one of the mega trends was that uh, the rise of the middle class in India and how they are fueling travel choices, and uh, you know, making India the powerhouse that it is now in outbound tourism. I remember when we uh, launched. Uh, you know, when we spoke about the mega trends last year. Uh, on India becoming the new China in the reordering of Asia travel, I had spoken to you and you had highlighted how, uh, you know, owing to the pent-up demand for outbound travel, India was at that time the second biggest source market for Australia following New Zealand, following the opening reopening of borders around February. So uh, what, is, what is your take on the rising middle class fueling outbound aspirations for India? So let me share some three insights. Or, or these are in the form of travel trends that we are witnessing. Uh, the first mm-hmm. trend is around the generational shift that we are seeing in terms of how Indians are traveling. And we are seeing that young Indians are traveling at a much, much younger age. Our kids are traveling at an, a much younger age than possibly what uh, possibly when we travel or when our parents travel. And since India is a young demography, we are seeing there's significant increase in the number of trips that young Indians are going to embark on uh, going forward. That's the first mm-hmm. trend. The second trend is around the entire shift in our economy. You know, we were previously a savings economy, but post-COVID, we are mm-hmm. seeing that Indians are slurging on their holidays. And this is a trend amongst the young Indian diaspora as well, who are not just uh, earning at a much, much younger age, but also traveling at a much, much younger age. And this has resulted into more number of trips and increased length of stay in travel and therefore increased spend on travel Uh, related services. So that's the second trend. And the third trend is around the fact that Indians are now immersing in local experiences. And uh, and therefore, we as a destination are are trying to tap into the passion points of the new age Indian traveler. So Indians today are traveling for festivals, for sporting events, to witness uh, and experience the history, art, architecture, for food and wine related activities. So Tapping into the passion points of the Indian traveler is something that's going to help us to, you know, fuel the growth out of this market. So the generational shift, a shift from being a savings to a splurging economy and immersing in local experiences is something that's going to help us to drive uh, the future of travel out of this Indian market, which itself presents a huge opportunity when it comes to a young, uh, young demography. Uh, it's interesting to understand the travel behavior of Indian travelers. Uh, Nishat, I also wanted to understand the profile of Indian travelers coming into Australia. And a good part of Australia's traveler profile is friends and family, with, I, I guess, a little less than 15% coming for holidays. How do you in- look to increase the share of holidays coming into Australia? I guess the biggest advantage that Australia has uh and we touched upon this point a a bit earlier, is in terms of the increase in the number of Indians who have now called Australia home. And as we speak, there are almost a million Indians who have now settled in Australia. And 700,000 out of those 
uh, were born in India. So there's the migration links between India and Australia has significantly increased. Second, the education ties between India and Australia have also improved with over 100,000 Indian students now studying in various uh, Australian universities. So the visiting friends and family segment has been a key driver and will continue to be a key driver as far as visitation from India to Australia is concerned. However, given the fact that we're going to see a huge shift in the rise of the Indian outbound traveler, and I guess McKinsey is predicting that we're going to have almost close to 80 to 90 million outbound travelers uh, out of India mm -hmm. by 2040. And Kappa has predicted that we're going to have almost close to 50 million by 2030. Yes. And this growth will be fueled by the great Indian middle class. And as I said, these, these uh, you know, young aged uh, Indians are going to travel for various uh, events, for festivals, to, uh, you know, to, to just experience a new destination every year. And I believe that the future of uh, travel out of India to Australia will be driven by the holiday purpose of visitation. And we are already seeing some encouraging signs. Whilst we are at 70% of our pre-COVID visitation as far as holidays concerned, the spend of the Indian traveler in Australia for holidays has already reached our pre-COVID levels. And Indians have now spent more than 50% uh, of of the money on ground in Australia than what they spent pre-COVID. So we are already seeing a significant shift in the way Indians are holidaying in Australia, right? And mm -hmm. and given uh, you know the rise of the Indian economy and the rise in the Indian outbound travel, we are definitely going to see an increase in the share of the holiday traveler uh, from India to Australia. Uh Nishant, you spoke about you spoke about uh, you know the meetings incentives uh, crowd coming in from India to Australia as well. Um, another very uh, significant uh, contribution from this sector is the wedding tourism sector, where you know destination weddings are very popular uh, among Indians. So, do you see that also coming into Australia, or are you doing anything to tap that market as well? So Australia has always been a sought-after destination for honeymooners, primarily being uh, in the due to the fact that you know weddings in India usually take place between you know post October, November, December, and since Australia is in the Southern Hemisphere, it's mm -hmm. summer uh, and you get much longer days when you travel to Australia during November, December, Jan, Feb, because that's Australian summer. We have seen a natural uh, movement of uh, or natural preference for Indian honeymooners to spend their first romantic sojourn in Australia. And, uh, you know, it is one of the mo most preferred destinations for honeymooners for, for Indians. So our focus has been primarily to target uh, the honeymoon market uh, rather mm -hmm. than, uh, you know, inviting Indians to organize a wedding because that's bound to happen because there's a, such a significant Indian diaspora in Australia. And uh, okay. they're, they're definitely going to invite their friends and families from India to to attend those weddings which are taking place in Australia. So again, as I said, our focus is more on the honeymoon market rather than on the weddings market because of the sheer time, price and distance, you may possibly end up spending more time in the air rather than on ground in Australia if you were to organize a wedding in Australia. Correct. Um, also, Nishant, um, you know, of course, we've been talking about mice. Uh, we've talked about, you know, how uh, exponential growth among uh you know indians visiting australia what are your predictions for 2024 what is your target from india uh for 2024 
so given the fact that india is going to continue to grow at 7.2% or you know uh, in excess of 7% over the next few years we are seeing a significant contribution of this been driven by the indian corporates and rewards and recognition is becoming such a such an important part of uh, you know of all the corporates that we're going to see a significant rise in um, in the incentive trips that indians are going to embark on in 2024 and beyond so our priorities are to maintain australia's attractiveness as a preferred long haul destination for mice or business humans as we call it and to that effect under the best partner program that we have with singapore airlines we're going to continue to work with our key mice agents in fact recently we organized uh, an event called dream time where we had top 10 corporates uh, top 10 mice agents from india who participated in it uh, we intend to work closely with the corporates as well as uh, with our airline partners and our mice agents to organize various events to ensure that australia's attractiveness as a as a mice destination stays right up there we also have an interesting program called a bit fund program where we try to support corporates in the form of subsidies and incentives at the time of bidding stage so that we uh, we swing uh, the decision in our favor and with direct connectivity and speed and ease of getting a visa and those uh, you know factors around world class banquet and convention facilities and the cultural ties thanks to cricket and masterchef australia i guess there are enough mm-hmm. reasons for indians to think to consider uh, australia as a great incentive destination and i guess we would like to maintain the top ranking in terms of consideration uh, and visitation for australia from a mice perspective and do you have a set goal of that you know you intend to attract this many tourists from india to australia uh well peerin we always believe in exceeding expectations and exceeding our targets so <laughs> we don't believe in setting goals we believe in exceeding them so our endeavor will also always be to uh, surpass what we have achieved in the previous year and uh, you know maintain that highest market share in, in all the segments that we operate in okay nishant it's been a pleasure to talk to you thank you for providing insights into tourism australia's work and the developments in indian tourism uh, to australia Thank you so much for the opportunity Peter and really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thank you everyone for listening in. Have a great day ahead. Thank you everyone. This has been the Skift India Travel Podcast. Thank you for listening.